I, I think back and, and I'm just, you know, so lucky and kind of amazed that that happened, that I was kind of like able to, to be a part of that. Hi everyone, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Turtles. I'm thrilled you're listening to me here on Turtle Flight. Good morning, Turtles fans. It is our great pleasure to uh, bring on our show again, Jim Lawson. He's a renowned artist and writer for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. He's been kind enough to grace us with his presence once again. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for joining us again. Oh, my pleasure. We got so much we want to talk about. First of all, it's just it's just awesome to have you back and everything. And uh, first of all, we, we wanted to talk about you have a really cool project that I think you've you've just finished up. It's on Kickstarter right now. Would you like to tell us all about that? Um, yeah, uh, uh, it, it's on Kickstarter. It's about halfway through its campaign right now, so I think it's got like a, ten or eleven more days. And the name of the project is uh, a walk through dinosaur land and. What it is basically, it's a story. There's only two characters in it. Um, this this kid Matthew and this guy John, and they. It, it's kind of like a theme park type setting. And these two guys walk through Dinosaur Land and kind of like witness and observe the evolution of dinosaurs. So it starts off with like early life in the uh, Cambrian seas, and then uh, goes up through you know uh, crawling amphibious life, crawling onto the you know onto the land, you know uh, reptile you know beginning to lay their eggs on land. You know that was a big thing. Uh, uh, the dinosaurs like uh, climbing up into the trees. I guess that was actually before the actual dinosaurs. I think they were called archosaurs or archosaurs before that. So, so yeah, it goes all the way up through uh, the time of the dinosaur ends at the extinction event at the end of the um, Cretaceous period. And, um, yeah, it's, it's meant to be uh, kind of entertaining. There's a story there. However, you know, kind of scientific-y a little bit. Uh, that's not really a word, but uh, that's, that's what I just used. So it, you're, you're supposed to learn something and be entertained at the same time. That was my goal, at least. That's awesome. Obviously, your your art style. I mean, even in the Turtles comics, when you see dinosaurs, I mean, it just it just shows that you love dinosaurs. I mean, just the, the attention to detail and everything. So I, I got to ask you first of all, you know, what got you into dinosaurs in the first place? You, you know, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I, I have like, I, I have this horrible, horrible memory, and I, I have vast tracks of my uh, childhood that are blanks, and that really frustrates my mother tremendously. However, one vivid memory I do have is uh, me as a little kid sitting on my grandfather's lap, and I had this, back, back then in the old, old days, they had like uh, these encyclopedia sets you could buy, and my folks had uh, bought a set, and so we had all the volumes, and I don't know how many, there were 15 maybe or something like that, and my favorite one was probably the dinosaur one, and, and I can remember my grandfather reading 
you know, me, you know, all this information about dinosaurs and, you know, I've just always loved them and, and thought of them as, as fascinating. And that's, you know, being a comic book guy, you know, you can, you can have dinosaurs in anything you want. And so <laughs> I've just kind of embraced them again. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. I, I, I love them. I love them. And yeah, you know, in my old work with the turtles, you know, I was lucky. There were triceratons. Pete was a big dinosaur fan as well. So, you know, he and I would kind of commiserate, and, you know, I just, I, I'll, I'll always have him in, in probably anything I do from this point. If uh, fans out there get sick of him, I'm, I apologize, but... But it's not going to stop. You know, I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So, you know, you know, speaking of that, I mean, were you a big fan of Jurassic Park when it came out? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was blown away by, by that movie. Uh, I, I just thought it was wonderful. Did you see there's a, did you see there's a new one coming out? And there's a new one coming out. Yeah. Jurassic World. <laughs> yeah, Jurassic World. It's the dude from um, the Chris. What's what's the guy's name? Isn't he Chris in it? Pratt? Is it Chris Pratt? Chris Pratt. Him? Yeah, yeah. Is he gonna be in that? I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe. Oh man. Oh man. Awesome. I hope I'm not wrong. <laughs> but for some reason, I, I think he's in it. I have to ask my kids to, to back me up on that. <laughs> You know, speaking of, um, you know, you mentioned uh, the character John's going to be in this series. Is, is that the same John from Dragonfly? <laughs> you know, this this is a really weird thing. Is that I I had this this cast of characters that appeared in Dragonfly, and um, I I got a little bit of flack about it from some of the guys in the studio oh. that they thought. John being a turtle guy, I don't know if I told you guys this before, but John being a turtle guy, I, th I think there was kind of this attitude that maybe I was trying to exploit my relationship with the turtles or try and, like, coattail myself into, yeah, by, by using a turtle man. And I, I just loved him. And, you know, in my, if I think about it myself, because I felt kind of bad about this, you know, I'm like, you know, did I really do it? You know, if... For example, Dooney or Berger, if they if they did a Turtle Man in their comic, would I feel the same? Like they were trying to steal ideas from Mirage, and you know, I, I don't know. I, I came up with John because I wanted this guy to be wicked strong. I knew they would be living in the time of dinosaurs. I wanted him to be able to uh, survive in a fight with a dinosaur. You know, take on a dinosaur. So I needed him to have kind of like arm armor, I mm -hmm. guess. And so the turtle thing kind of seemed like a natural. So I went ahead and did it. Okay, blah, blah, blah. So here we go. Um, Dragonfly was done, and I wanted to do the dinosaur land thing. So, um, And I like this guy, John. So I, against perhaps my better judgment, I used them again. And, and I, I think it's cool. I think it, it came out kind of neat. You know, however, like I said, there's kind of this little black cloud hanging over him as a character. Mm -hmm. And um, that was part of my decision not to do any more dragonflies. Really? And uh, yeah. Ah, oh, well, I'll tell you. Just just from a reader's perspective, I never felt that way. I never felt like that was a ripoff at all. If you, if, if for for the listeners who've not read Dragonfly, first of all, it's an amazing comic book. I loved it. It's got its own feel to it. It's not a it's not a turtle's <laughs> knockoff or anything like that. There's some funny parts to it. There's some serious parts to it. There's magic. Uh, there's aliens. There's dinosaurs. Yeah. I mean, it's it's everything. And I never <laughs> once even thought, oh man, he's ripping off the turtles. Well, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, it, it definitely wasn't my intent, and I, 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 that's the aspect of Dragonfly I really loved. I wanted something where I could put anything I wanted into it. You know, like you said, dinosaurs, aliens, all kinds of stuff. So. 
so I don't know, although I, I will admit I had an episode like last week or the week before where I, I kind of waffled and I was like, maybe I should I should try Dragonfly again. However, mm -hmm. this is all backstory. Right now I'm working on another comic book. Really? It's, yeah, it's, it's uh, another idea of mine. It's, it, it's funny. Uh, it's a story I wrote maybe 10 years ago and, and didn't do anything with, and I picked it up and rewrote it again. And uh, I actually started working on it. You know, I don't know how much time I'm going to be able to devote to it to get it done. You know, in a in a relatively short period of time, it might take me a while. But here we go again, you guys. I I took characters from Dragonfly, or at least characters I was familiar with, and alter them slightly so there's the first page opens up and there's this big dude walking and he looks a lot like john i'll, I'll admit that <laughs> and uh there's this woman in it you know she doesn't look like dragonfly she's probably the most uh different of the characters in the book but once again i've got the little talking dog in there <laughs> <laughs> i loved him <laughs> I, I don't know what it is with me i can't seem to let these guys go so much and I know it's probably confusing to use them over and over again but, but I love them my wife's looking at me she's like but you love them and I, like, yeah. <laughs> it's, and I, it's even, true. I even had a couple page thing where uh, you know the two little alien guys from Dragonfly Black, uh, and, Black blue, and Blue yeah they show up and they like uh, they kind of just appear in the background and and, uh, and then they go away and I'm like and I'm looking at the page, and I'm like, I, I, I can't, I can't use these guys again. <laughs> and so I took those, like, there was like two pages where they appear, and I redrew them so that they're different. But it, it, it's funny, I, I don't know, here I go, blah, blah, blah. Uh, they were in a Turtles comic too, right? I don't know. I swear, I, I, maybe I'm crazy, Josh will probably say I'm crazy, but... Uh, I, well, you are crazy. Well, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I have drawn these guys before. I don't remember putting them in a comic, but it wouldn't surprise me at all if I did. <laughs> so, so that's that's fantastic. So you're saying, uh, <laughs> in addition to a walk through Dinosaur Land, you're working on another comic book series uh, based on something you wrote ten years ago. Yep. Oh, yep. yeah, that's exciting. I didn't even know about that. Well, I haven't really told anybody. Right right now it's about 150 pages. Wow. Um, the title of it right now is called The Sorted Land. That's S-O-R-D-I-D. And we'll, we'll see when it comes out. You know, I would love to uh, probably kickstart it or, or something. Uh, well, when you do, something. you're going to have to be back on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a fourth time. you know, that's all I want to do is promote, you know, right. on your guys' show and promote, you know, my own <laughs> stuff. How many Kickstarters have you done? Is it looks like three, or was there more? Uh, no, this is this is actually my second one, Josh. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Paleo wasn't a Kickstarter. Okay. Yeah, Dragonfly was a Kickstarter, and, and now this. Okay, but yeah. it, it looks like you uh, you were funded on uh, on Dragonfly, obviously, and then it looks like you've met the goal for uh, for a walk through Dinosaur Land. Yeah, it, oh, nice. it went really well. It got funded, I think, like a week and a day. Wow, that's great! I, I put it up, and and it's funny. A walk through Dinosaur Land. I had actually sold that to a publisher, and had a contract and everything, and they were actually going to print the book. Um, they do a lot of um, kind of like natural uh, natural history type stuff. Um, and then I I got a, a email from them one day to call them and they broke my contract. Yeah, they actually lost funding for a bunch of their projects and, and the guy said, uh, you know, thanks, but I've got to let you go. 
Yikes. I, I remember when you were talking about uh, signing on with them and everything. Yep, yep. It was, you know, I was, I was kind of devastated, you know, mm-hmm. as, a, as a freelance artist. You, you, you like to sell your stuff and have people kind of, uh, you know, want to want to pick it up and publish it. And, and to have those guys back out was was kind of tough. Right. But all along, I, I've got to say this, it was my plan to go to Kickstarter and do kind of like my own version you know, theirs was actually going to be colored. And, you know, I was like, well, I'll go to Kickstarter. I'll do a, a smaller format book and in black and white. And, you know, I actually wrote a separate ending that was going to be my quote-unquote Kickstarter ending, and they were going to do the more quote-unquote normal ending. So now that it's, it's a Kickstarter-only book, I'm just going to include both endings in, in the, the Kickstarter. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, as far as the rewards go, can you kind of explain a couple of the rewards for the, you know, for fans if they choose to pledge? Yeah, it's um, that's always something I, I kind of struggle with. But you know, it's it's like typical. There's like a PDF version of the book. There's an actual physical copy of the book. I think signed. Then there's like a physical copy of the book with a uh, sketch on the inside front cover. And then I'm including some of my old paleo comics. Uh, with one of the reward levels, and then um, there were three upper levels where I actually included original art. I did three kind of like dedicated pieces of art as rewards, and uh, guys, those things went on the first day. So that <laughs> definitely, if I I do another Kickstarter, I'm going to really kind of like focus on the original art aspect of it because that, that's a good way to to make money, and and people seem to really uh, dig that stuff. So oh, absolutely, yeah. was it difficult to find someone uh, to be able to print, you know, print the books for you um, in a way where you could make it affordable for yourself and for backers? Like, was that a challenge, or do you have a, an existing relationship with someone that you normally use? Um, you know what? I used a printer with Dragonfly, who I was really happy with, and. Uh, um, I reached out to them to get quotes because that's kind of basically what you have to do. And I never got a response from them. So I don't know what's going on. So um, uh, just recently this past week, uh, I reached out to uh, a printer that did the old Turtle comics, and they got back to me. However, I found this place online that's really uh, substantially cheaper, and I might end up going with these guys. You know, I, I checked out all the reviews. It seems like people like them a lot. Um, they're a company in Illinois, I think. But, you know, the printing is done in China. You know, I was kind of hoping to avoid that. But, you know, they're, they're just so much less money that, that I might try going that route. Well, awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, definitely check that out. We are going to send a link in our show notes for, for all you listeners who want to check out uh, Walk Through Dinosaur Land. It looks fantastic. Uh, some, some of the artwork that we've seen so far, can't wait to see it. Can't w- I'm so happy to see John again. <laughs> so it's going to be an awesome, <laughs> awesome series. Uh, for those of you big fans of dinosaurs or, or Jim Lawson's work in general, I promise you, you, you won't be disappointed. This looks amazing. So I had a, I had a quick question, Jim, for Dragonfly. For, for those of us that missed it, is there a way for us to, uh, to get a hold of, uh, of Dragonfly? Yeah, absolutely. You can contact me directly. It's james.lawson31 at aim.com. And you can just reach out to me. I've got I've got plenty of dragonflies still. So great. Shifting gears a little bit to uh, the turtles uh, for a little bit. First of all, the last two interviews that that we've had with you, which were so much fun. I mean, I learned so much from from you know uh, just just talking to you, and and it, it's it's just. <laughs> 
to me, it's so exciting to podcast and, and, and to talk to the people who created these awesome stories, you know, that I grew up with. Um, we had a couple of listeners, you know, reach out to us and, you know, just, just let us know how much they enjoyed, y- how nice and approachable you were and how, you know, uh, friendly you were as far as, you know, just divulging information about the turtles and everything. Um, <laughs> no, really, really, you've been one of the nicest. I mean, I'm not blowing smoke here, you know, but uh, yeah, you've been one of the nicest guys uh, to, to talk to about this. And, and we really appreciate that. And, and it definitely the listeners have, have gone out of their way to tell us how much uh, they, they've enjoyed these interviews. So I just wanted to ask a couple of general questions about the turtles and everything, especially your, your work on the Tales of the TMNT and everything. And uh, what, uh, my brother-in-law, he brought up a really, really cool question. Um, I was, he came over to my house, I'd say, about a month ago, and I was just going through all my turtle comics and everything. You know, I was, of course, I was talking up the path and everything. My still my all-time favorite. Uh, and, he wills and, up every time it comes up. Oh, I'm, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big wuss. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I was showing him another issue. I was like, oh, this is another Lawson right here, and it was. Uh, it was issue five of the second volume of the TM, Tales of the TMNT. Uh, it, yeah. It was Blind Faith. Do you remember that issue? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I do. Oh, man. Well, uh, I, I, showed him, <laughs> I showed him this one, and I said, hey, man, read this one, because I remember reading it 10 years ago when it first came out, and uh, I remember how great it was. I said, hey, read this one, and, and, and let me know what you think. Well, a day later goes by, I get a text from my brother-in-law. He's like, dude, that was amazing. You know? Wow. And, yeah, and, and, and he's like totally sold on your work and he actually had a question for you um yeah. you know regarding that comic uh he wants to know you know what exactly inspired you to to draw the comic this way you know with the, the unique black and white silhouette art style you, you know it, it was um every once in a while I, I don't know when the first time it was i used um like a silhouette style or a white silhouette style you know i'm sure it was back in the Boy, I, I, it would be really interesting to go back and see where where that first showed up, but it it really struck me visually how cool that kind of looked, and it kind of gave a certain feel mm-hmm. uh, to the to the art kind of uh, kind of I don't know what the right word would be a starkness or something like that. Anyhow, I, I used it the first time or so, first few times, kind of just from a designer kind of you know artsy artsy-fartsy standpoint, uh, you know, it kind of, in thinking about it, uh, seemed to me that there could be a use for that to actually, I, I wondered what it would be like to do an entire story that way and, you know, how how I could do it, like what would be the reason to do it that way. And uh, it kind of occurred to me that, uh, you know, it, it, it might work pretty neat if Leonardo lost his vision and could only, you know, only had a sense of where things were or could use his, like, ninja hyper senses to you know, only see shapes or something like that. And so that's where basically the whole idea of the blind faith uh, story came from. That kind of brought up one of my questions. Um, Obviously, uh, when we were talking earlier, you were talking about how you love the characters. And really for us, it's really apparent that you do and that, you know, the characters, it seems to me like for you, the characters aren't really a means to an end where you have a story you want to tell and you're just going to, use them to tell your story, but you really more explore the characters themselves and think about how things would happen mm-hmm. in their lives and then come yeah. up with the stories that way. So why yeah. did, what made you choose Leonardo? Um, I, you know, uh, among the four turtles, I've probably, 
found him the most fascinating. I think you know his his kind of role as leader. I, I don't think he he really declared himself leader or had this um, super strong kind of bossy personality where he was going to take charge and uh, boss all the other turtles around. It was kind of uh, I don't know what I want to say thrust upon him or it just you know it ended up more or less naturally him. And I've always thought it was really really interesting what that would be like. You know, uh, the, the struggles and responsibilities that would come along with that. And I, I've always thought that was really kind of rich fodder for, you know, storytelling. Well, that's that's the thing for me. Like, when I first... Growing up, I didn't like Leonardo. I mean, he was my least favorite turtle because I always thought... Especially because I, I grew up, the first thing I saw was the cartoon. You know, he's the goody two-shoes, always trying to please Master Splinter and all this stuff. Right. I was, I was always a Donatello guy. But, and I, uh -huh. I'm not just saying this because you're here and we're doing this interview with you, this issue really got me uh, thinking about Leonardo and, and thinking about all the extra burdens that he has that I don't know if it, it, this particular characterization of him's ever been explored before. And especially, gosh, the introduction uh, where, where Leo's cons uh, consoling a shadow and, and just yeah. just the... I mean, first of all, the art style is amazing. I'd never really kind of considered Leonardo that this this burdened character, but it makes sense. I mean, he's got such responsibility, and especially yeah. as the story progresses and you see him make a fatal mistake, you know, and, and end up killing yeah. an innocent man, uh, it, it's powerful that he's carrying around all this weight, yet trying to console, a, you know, a three- or four-year-old little girl. So, I don't know. I just, this, this issue sold me on... Leonardo for sure. Well, it's good to hear it. Yeah, yeah. It 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 definitely is a powerful story. You know, uh, I, I kind of looked at it again recently, and uh, you know, just to kind of reacquaint myself with it. And, mm. and uh, yeah, it, it, it's nice to go back and just reread some of this old stuff. You know, is there is there a particular reason that you chose a, a foot soldier as the antagonist? Uh, was there any particular significance as to the specific foot soldier or? Were you just trying to kind of humanize foot soldiers in general by bringing them into the story? Um, oh, boy, that's a good question. I don't know if I can remember why. You know, um, you know I just wanted, you know, this kind of, uh, yeah, I don't know why I really chose a foot soldier. It just seemed naturally kind of like, a, uh, like an elite, an elite type guy, uh, you know, who basically... He was in control the whole time, you know. Leonardo was kind of, uh, you know, he he was kind of like helpless to this other guy, he, even when mm -hmm. he thought he thought he wasn't. Uh, that that to me seemed really kind of fascinating. Yeah, and, and also just the fact that you know, you, in the introduction again, you know, you're talking about fear and, and and how you know it can play tricks on you and everything. Well, it kind of reminds me of. Uh, an old Edgar Allan Poe short story called The Pit and the Pendulum where a prisoner is tied up, he can't see, but he can hear that blade just swinging lower and lower. And his mind, you know, he can't see a thing, but his mind's starting to play tricks on him and his own fears are starting to kind of come into play. And, you know, that whole fear aspect and, the, and then the black and white art style of this comic book, it kind of really, yeah. I don't know, it, it's, it's, it's awesome to see artwork and storytelling, you know, just come together so smoothly like that. Wow, that's cool. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, we're we're such visual people, you know. It's like you know, 
uh, scary movies do it all the time, you know, uh, play up the kind of danger that you can't see and how, how scary that is. So, so yeah. Well, it's, it's a great issue, man. I, I'm glad you got to go back and read it because it's one of the coolest. <laughs> I, I think I like, personally, I like the one-offs. I like the micro-series issues of the IDW series. I like the Tales of the TMNT issues. I actually prefer them uh, over, wow. over some of the, the regular runs because it's kind of, I'm more of a character-driven guy. I love, uh-huh. I love the uh-huh. Turtles because of the different characters. You know, the story's great, of course, but the, the, the characterization is what means a lot to me. So, yeah. I mean, that's why I love the Tales of the TMNT. And um, it's just a classic issue. And, and it's actually one of the first issues that really got me wondering about Leonardo as, as a character. And now that I'm older, kind of I feel that responsibility. And, and I feel that kind of trying to, trying to do the right thing and trying to be a good leader, you know, for, you know, uh, family and, and things like that. So I, I, mm. it's, it's good stuff, you know. It's amazing how the evolution of just thinking Leonardo's goody two shoes to now I kind of relate to the guy or or turtle, you hmm. know. So <laughs> that's very, yeah, that's interesting. I, I don't know if I've heard that too much that people actually like the the one shot stories better than the kind of like uh, the overall like story arc thing. You know, I think way back when there were these tales coming out. Well, I'm I'm thinking I guess back you know early early tales. You know, I think people were kind of. Uh, you know, not loving it so much that there wasn't this continuity, you know, in the story, storytelling and the art style. You know, I don't, I don't think Tales ever, ever really did as good as the regular book, but I guess that's to be expected, yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember Volume 4 of the regular series and everything, where Peter Laird was taking the bulk of that, and you were doing a lot of the yeah. artwork for that. I loved that. Yeah. It was fantastic, but... Uh, I I looked forward to the tales more. I don't know why. I just oh, that's I, cool. yeah. I, I feel like there was a really really good run of individual stories <laughs> uh, in, in the tales series, and which which excites me because this one was published in two thousand five, and you were wow. saying that you are you're working on a story that you started it in two thousand five. So I'm thinking, oh man, I'm just really <laughs> excited. So. But, uh, but, you know, speaking of tales, to kind of go back a few more years, uh, we had a question from, um, his name's Josh. He has his own podcast called uh, Bargain Bin Radio Podcast. First of all, he bought, he just bought the Rat King issue, the, the uh, I think it was, was that issue five of the original uh, oh, Tales yeah. of TMNT? You know, the, the, the classic Rat King debut. Yeah. And he loves it. And he says, no one can touch your art style when it comes to the Rat King. Um, okay. <laughs> it's, it's the truth and, and then he says um, he just had a general question and wanted to know if you'd ever had ever wanted to work in animation in any way uh, you know yeah I, I, I kind of thought that that would be really cool uh, so the answer is definitely yes I mean uh, especially, especially when I was younger I always thought it would be a great animator I, mm. I know it's a hell of a lot of work but, um <laughs> It's just seeing your characters actually like moving and alive. That that to me just seemed like it would be the best. So the answer is yeah. Have you ever considered maybe like a um, an interactive uh, adventure game instead of maybe uh, a cartoon? <laughs> you, you know, I haven't. It's funny. Way back in the Mirage days, um, uh, I was doing a character called Guzzi Lamond, and she was kind of this uh, post-apocalyptic biker chick thing. <laughs> And, uh-huh. it, and it's actually funny. Um, uh, I'll just say this as an aside. This new book that I'm working on originally was written for her. So oh, there's man. a character in it who's like a Guzzi Le Mans, uh clone. So anyways, 
Guzzi Lamans and uh, Craig Farley was working in the studio at the time, and he's a computer. He, he he's amazing, and so I was bugging him, and I was like, uh, let's let's make a Guzzi Lamans game. And she's walking through this kind of post-apocalyptic landscape, you know, three-quarter view, and these kind of like dune worms kind of come up out of the ground, and she's <laughs> got to shoot them, and blah blah blah. And we'll put like some uh, some mutants in that too. And I actually did a bunch of the uh, the. I guess production art for it, and it never really went anywhere. <laughs> uh, you know, me and Craig, you know, getting getting Craig to work on it. Plus, you know, it's just kind of this fun, goofy thing, and so nothing ever happened to it. But there was actually uh, a day, uh, there was a time in my past when I I thought there was going to be a, a a silly little game. Oh man! Well, that's interesting. Would you consider reviving that if you had uh, if you had po- partners to help you with it? Absolutely. Are you guys offering? I'm, uh, <laughs> let me think about it. Because <laughs> that sounds like that'd be awesome. Oh, my goodness. That'd be amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, cool. And, and it's funny, too. Uh, more recently, there's this um, place just down the street from where the studio is in Northampton. And, uh, you know, all these little uh, games on the iPhones that kids are playing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, zombies versus plants and stuff like that and they had an idea where um they were going to take kind of one of the silly properties that mirage had uh developed probably nothing anybody's ever heard from and they were going to make a or they were exploring anyway to like make it into one of these little uh apps oh man and uh, i did some uh production art for them and then they decided not to do it so you know, I've had a few little, uh, you know, once again, it didn't work out. But right. I, I guess that's just the nature of the business. Is some things work, some things don't. Well, I'll tell you what, Josh, you know, he's a pretty important man. He's got a lot of contacts, so he could hook you up. Is he? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, besides the turtles, one of my passions is is programming and video games. So, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that was interesting. So, uh I might I might bug you to see some yep. of the artwork. I'm just curious. Uh, the gears are turning. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, you know, uh, Josh and I we, we wanted to say something. Uh, uh, we we watched the Turtle Power documentary uh, that that just came out uh, this year. The definitive history yep. of the TMNT. Uh, first of all, yeah. one, one of the best tributes to the turtles I've ever seen. Um, uh, really, and, and it's it's like a, it's basically a love letter to all us turtle fans and everything. And one one of the things that I personally noticed, I mean, one of my favorite parts of this documentary is the behind the scenes shot where shots where you know you and Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Levine, Murphy, and and a couple of others, uh, you you all were huddled in this one house. And I'm I'm kind of curious. This is the late '80s here, or I guess mid to late '80s. Um, was this the the Mirage Studios in New Hampshire? You know what? Um, I, I think this house you're talking about was uh, when I first moved up here to uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm from Connecticut oh, okay. originally, so I moved up to Northampton, and Kevin and Steve were renting an upstairs apartment in like this duplex, mm-hmm. and it was uh, on Finn Street in Northampton. And I think that's where that video was oh, shot. Oh yeah, well, oh, okay, that's great because yep. um, you know. One of the things I love about this documentary is, you know, if if there was one criticism that we've heard about this documentary that it, it, that it didn't really document uh, the the I guess late nineties of the turtles or anything like that. But I didn't care. Uh-huh. I didn't care because you know what really matters to me is the friendship and the storytelling of the writers and creators who who created this amazing thing that just blew up. So. Yeah. 
what I love about the documentary is it shows it's like history in the making, and it shows you guys celebrating all these things. And, and one thing in particular, and I was like, hey, that's Jim Lawson. I recognize him. <laughs> yeah. uh, one thing in particular that I noticed is y'all were celebrating. I think it was when um, Fred, y'all had signed with uh, uh, Mirage. I guess had signed over to Fred Wolf to license the cartoon and everything when it just came out. And y'all were mm -hmm. celebrating. It was either that or the toy line. And I see you all partying and just, just having this awesome time together. And y'all yeah. were like a family. And I, <laughs> I, could, I could see that. And I, just, I was just wondering, do you have any stories of that time period, you know, when y'all were living together, making these, these, these awesome turtle stories, I mean, in the heyday, history in the making. Do y'all have any yeah. stories about that, that that you particularly remember? Oh, man. I, you know... I, you know, I, I don't know, like, picking out one thing in particular, but I think that does really kind of translate a real sense of what it was like with these guys. You know, it was, you say the word family, and that, that perfectly describes it. I mean, we were, it, it was kind of stunning, this group that kind of came together to produce these comics, um, you know, kind of under the tutelage of Kevin and Pete, and, you know, everybody got along so great, and there was, you know, this, this genuine, I think, love for one another, and this kind of uh, crazy, oh man, I don't even, here I go looking for the word again, it, it was just the turtles were doing so good, I mean, we almost felt like rock stars when we would go to a comic convention, uh, you know, the fans just were so great. You know, I think that family attitude that, uh, you know, all the guys shared amongst each other, you know, I don't know if it was because of that. Plus, you know, the turtles themselves, you know, they, you know, family was kind of a strong theme in the comics, I think as well. And I think the fans really responded to that. There was this great relationship, I think with, uh, us and the fans, I hope. <laughs> I, think, oh, I think there was, you know, but we would work together. We would, uh, we would play together. You know, I can remember, uh, we would go on canoe trips, you know, we would, we would go somewhere and rent canoes and we would all go paddling on the <laughs> river and just, you know, being nutty and, mm. uh, just hanging out, wanting to hang out. Um, it really was a special, special time. I, I, I think back and, and I'm just, you know, so lucky and kind of amazed that 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 happened. That I was kind of like able to to be a part of that. Ah, well, I mean, you you can tell. I mean, just in the snippets that you see in the documentary, it's like you're seeing just history in the making, and and you see just this group of <laughs> regular guys that just did something amazing. And and uh, I don't know. It, it's that was my favorite to, to, of the entire documentary. That was my favorite part. Seeing y'all celebrate. Uh, I think Kevin Eastman might have been a little bit tipsy, uh, you know, doing his speech, you know, of how, you know, how proud he was of what what uh, they were doing. I th I want to say it was when when they sold over the toys or every or something, and the toy yeah. line started the cartoon, and then the cartoon. That, I mean, it it had a snowball effect, and the cartoon got yeah. me and and Josh into the the series, and it's just it's so cool to see what uh, just a band of brothers pretty much could do. And yeah. uh, man, that that was my favorite part for sure. And you know, I just got to ask, just just to get a little bit more specific, you know, did you guys ever have like writer's block and just do something random and crazy together? <sighs> hmm. 
Yeah, you know, uh, like like sitting down around a table and kind of like um, jamming on toy uh, or uh, story ideas or whatever, kind of like I assume what they do with uh, South Park and stuff like that. I can't, no, I, I can't really remember. Everybody kind of like more or less kind of did their own thing. Mm. I, I will tell you this, that for a while there, there was this group called the fanatics have you, you guys ever heard of that it was us guys at the studio we were like at, there was a time where it was uh you know kevin kevin i don't think ever belonged to the fanatics but it was kind of i think pretty much the, the rest of us guys we had this idea we would since there was success with the turtle and we had these relationships supposedly with uh, the toy companies and licensees and stuff we were like well we'll jam on other ideas that aren't turtle ideas Ooh. and try and get some toys sold um uh, after we're done with the interview, uh, I'll, I'll send you some. We actually made some Fanatics comics. What? And, uh, oh, so man. We, we came up with these ideas, and, uh, you know, one was like this uh, rock band. They were werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's boy. awesome. So that comes closest to what you guys are saying. And we would meet, like, once a week in this room, and we would jam on these ideas, and we were like, okay, what about... Uh, where werewolves are hot. Let's let's do like werewolves, and they'll be in a band, and they'll be the you know the leader, and blah blah blah. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> and they'll drive around in a tour bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gotta. Oh man, that'll be the next Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty funny. I'll I'll send you the comic. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, oh, that's awesome. But wow. but yeah, that was kind of like the thing, and and oh man, we we thought of like tons and tons of stuff some some truly truly awful things but you know some some stuff that was kind of kind of cool and had you know kind of a neat sense to it but you know the long and the short of it is we never sold anything N- nothing ever got developed or, or made into toys or you know anything oh that's awesome i i just got to ask this question you know i, I don't think I, I i listened to last two interviews i don't think i ever asked this was there a particular comic that you loved growing up that kind of got you into i know you you majored in illustration so yep. uh was there, was there a particular comic that really inspired you to go that direction? Uh, yeah, hmm. You know, I, I read comics when I was a kid, but when I was young, you know, when I was like, you know, a teenager, mid-teens, whatever, I probably more or less got out of them. But, you know, comics I can remember reading when, when I was just a sprout where, you know, I was really into Spider-Man, um, kind of like Werewolf by Night. I loved... Um, uh, Swamp Thing was a big one. I love that. Ah. Um, uh, back 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 then in those days, there were um, these these comics. Um, I don't even know who published them, but they were called cartoons. Have you guys ever heard of those? And it was about cars, obviously. Um, and there were artists in there whose work I really uh, was influenced by. I think Dwayne Bibby was one guy. Oh, who else? Oh, there was a, you know, these guys, I don't even know if uh, if anyone's ever heard of them. Uh, there was another guy, John Larder, who I can remember really loving his stuff when I was a kid, and, you know, I would try and copy him. Um, but, you know, one particular comic, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, you know, I would read Creepy, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. Well, but you know, little you know snippets of stories kind of like are are there in my memory. But mm-hmm. you know, nothing that really jumped out that was kind of transformative to me. Right. You know, like I like I said, I kind of got out of 
the comic thing for a while. And when I was in art school, you know, I think I thought of comics as something for for children. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in art school, there was another kid there. I can't even remember the kid's name, but he was like, oh, check out my comic. <laughs> and it was, you know, probably something he made on the uh, copy machine. And I think it was called Nick Danger or something like that. And he was kind of this, it was in black and white, real simple drawing, kind of this private eye guy. I can't even remember what the story was about, but I remember distinctly this panel where Nick Danger is, you're like from the outside looking in, and he's looking out through this window with these Venetian blinds, and he's kind of like parting them with his fingers, and I was like, whoa, you know, this <laughs> this isn't a comic for, for kids, you know, <laughs> comics can be something other than that, and that, that kind of really kind of uh, flipped a switch in my brain and got me thinking about comics, you know, as as something I could maybe do, so yeah, but outside the box my my wife's looking at me Uh, (laughs) but yeah that was in that was in art school you know that was in college wow yeah it seems like the mid 80s or actually probably early 80s seemed like there was a resurgence of of independent comic books you know that kind of broke that mold uh like with uh, frank miller's ronin and 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 just just a lot of kind of more independent comic books that just took that more violent more serious tone that yeah. I think really just lit a fire under a you know at the right time. So yeah, I I absolutely agree. You know, I can remember Kevin telling me like you've got to check out the Dark Knight Returns. And, oh yeah, and you know I read that and I was like, what? <laughs> you know, it, it was it was amazing. Blew my mind. Oh yeah. So, so are there any comics nowadays that excite you in any way? You know, it, it's funny. Uh, I, I almost never buy comics anymore, but luckily Mike Dooney, he, he shares a studio space with me. He's a, he's a couple of rooms away, and he still buys books, and and uh, he rents uh, stuff from out of the library as well. I hate to admit what, what cheapskates we are, but um, he loans <laughs> me stuff. So I still do read comics passed on to me by Dooney, mm-hmm. and um, there's something called The Sixth Gun. You guys heard of that? Oh, no, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good series. I read that a lot. Uh, you know, all the Hellboy stuff I still read. Uh, Usagi. Um, hmm. As I'm looking at my bookshelf here, I've got <laughs> I've got all the Bone comics. Oh yeah, they're good. Uh, um, you know, Dewey gives me a lot of stuff that uh, you know, graphic novely type stuff. And he's like, oh, you know, I heard this book is good, you know, check it out. Boy, but I can't even remember the name of the last thing I read. Do, are there any, like, mainstream series that you kind of always liked a little bit? I, I know you mentioned Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, are, Spider-Man. Are you, are you a Batman fan as well or anything like that? Or Yeah, you know, uh, honestly, uh, the frustrating thing to me is, like, how... Uh, it, it's constantly, like, changing and being mm-hmm. rebooted and stuff like that. I find that a little uh, mm. hard to grapple with. Like, I, I don't know what the, what the deal is with Batman anymore. Is he still the real Batman? Is he, you know, the it's other Robin. Batman? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I find that really tough. I, don't, I guess I'm getting old. <laughs> I relate to that, though. I, I'll go into a comic book store, and I see these all these different versions of the Batman comics. Not, not, I love Batman. I do. I just want yeah. some consistency. I, I want to know where to start so I can follow a run and totally understand what's it, going on without something being exactly. reset or rebooted. <laughs> Right, right. You know, occasionally Dooney passes on to me, like, X-Men comics and stuff like that, and it's the old X-Men from the past hanging out with the new X-Men, and then there's... <laughs> I, I, it's just too confusing. Yep, yep, I, I can relate. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so have you gotten a chance to read any of the new IDW uh, Turtle comics? You know, you guys, I'm kind of kicking myself because I started off reading the comics, mm-hmm. and um, you know, c- kind of liking them. And then I think there was like uh, this kind of new. Neutri- I think they went to the neutrino planet, or you know, whatever the neutrinos are. And I was like, uh, I could <laughs> tell my interest was starting to to like drop. And then I stopped. And a, a few of the fans I've talked to have said it's it's actually pretty good. But I haven't, I haven't been following. I haven't been keeping up. How about you guys? Oh, I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, really? It's, yeah, it, I'm not, I'm not current on what's currently happening in the story, but I keep picking up the issues because I know I'm going to want to get to them. But I know yeah. I've read, I've read the first, um, probably the first five issues, and it drew me in immediately. Um, uh-huh. So I still have a lot to catch up on. But uh, I know they've kind of been branching out with a few, um, I guess, uh, other series. Like they had the Utrom Empire. I don't oh, know if you've yeah. seen that. That uh-huh. was really cool. Um, they just did like a Ghostbusters spinoff as well, <laughs> which, which was like a tie-in, and I was like, "Oh, I have to buy this." I haven't seen that yet. And then there was a Turtles in Time one, so I'm not uh, I'm not up to date on all of those. I'm buying them, yeah. but I haven't read them yet. But <laughs> yeah. um, the the IDW series, I guess, um, the reboot, how they're kind of uh, the rebooting and taking the story in a little bit of a different direction, but it's it's familiar enough, and since. Uh, Personally, you know, just as a Turtles fan, I'm like, well, if Kevin Eastman's redoing this reboot, I guess it's okay because, you know, he since he was there at the beginning, it's not it's not like yeah. he's trying to reinvent the characters completely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I haven't read them uh, recently. Uh, at least, yeah. I mean, not the not the new issues. Yeah, I, I, I've got to check them out. I mean, it, it probably is something I, I like reading the collect, you know, the the trade paperbacks. You know, so that I can read multiple issues at a time and kind of follow along. So I, I've got to go back and check that stuff out. Yeah, the first yeah. one is uh, "Change is Constant," and I think that's the first four or five issues in a in a hardback book. It's really good. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. Okay. The, well, they also they also what I, I like about the new series is they also they they introduce a lot of beloved characters like Bebop and Rocksteady from the cartoon. They're finally in comic yeah. book form. They have also incorporated yeah. the Technodrome as well. But what <laughs> what I also like is they've not only taken the original like origin story, they've kind of put its own spin on it almost as a reincarnation story. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Which which to me makes it so much more um you know, when Splinter refers to his sons, they're literally his sons. You know, that's not just yeah. a you know Japanese saying like my sons. You know, it it, it means yeah. more. Uh, yeah, I remember. Th- yeah, that was that was decent. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and uh, you know, I know Josh's favorite uh, issue was the Neutrinos issue, which I was like, "Are you crazy?" <laughs> no, take off, take off. <laughs> no way, you was. I I know it. Um, but one thing for sure, I would love, love, love to see you as as part of the IDW uh, uh, series and you know that, that kind of leads into my next question here uh, if IDW were to approach you um, w- with with a, a micro series you know where you could write you know just like Tales of the TMNT where you could write about one particular character whether it's a hero or a villain who would you who would you choose to write about and why oh man huh boy that's a good question Jeez, I, I don't know. My the first thing that popped into my brain was Casey. I don't know why, mm. but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I would, you know what? I would have to do. I would have to do Rat King. Oh, that would oh, that be awesome? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I would have to do that. Well, would would you yeah. go like the same round as before, or would you try to put your own, a new spin on them? You know, uh, I don't. Yeah, new spin, man. Yeah. Oh man, oh, IDW. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably not. <laughs> you never know. That's true. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Well, well yeah. speaking of uh, of turtles work. I saw on your uh, Facebook page you're working on a sketch. It looks like you posted a couple days ago of the turtles in the lair eating pizza. Still got it. Yeah. It looks amazing. Well, is that for a particular book? Is there something new coming along, or is this just for fun? That's just no. That's just a commission drawing. Some dude wrote me and you know asked um, if I'd just draw the four turtles with Splinter hanging out in the sewer, uh, watching TV and eating pizza. That those were the instructions, and uh, so that's what I drew. I didn't I didn't put in the TV, but. Uh, yeah, it's funny. I just inked that yesterday. Wow. So, Thanks for sharing yeah. that. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that's going to be a color piece. I, I actually got some comments where people were like, oh, make this into a print, and I I might do that. Who knows? Well, let oh, us man. know if you do. Yeah, we'll buy it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do I hope to do some shows this year. You know, Boston. I'm, I hope to do Boston. I want to get back into doing shows more than I have. And actually, there's a show in Louisville that contacted me that wants me to appear there, and I might do that. Oh, how far is Louisville from you? Oh, gosh. I, at least four or five hours, I'd say. Oh, yeah. It's worth, it's worth the drive, though. I'll tell you. <laughs> Josh, you got to come down, man. Well, I don't, I don't know, Jim. If, if we show up, you might not get any rest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. You know, I'm not a big, I'm not a big show guy. I don't travel around too, too much. So mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty rare. I'll, I'll probably do a few this year, but. So do you still get, uh, just, just every now and then, do you still get like an email from, from a, a fan just saying how much they, they, they love your work or, you know, of course, you know, you get your commission requests and everything, but do you just get yeah. like, uh, a, a still get a lot of, uh, you know, outpour of praise from turtle fans? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, nice. I do. You know, I can't say I get a ton, mm-hmm. but um, it 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 happens uh, maybe a few times a month. Wow. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's nice to hear. You know, that you've kind of had an influence on somebody. Oh, absolutely. Well, you've had a huge influence on on us. I mean, just the fact that you've given us uh, the time of day three times now. So I mean, that that's that's something <laughs> special in itself. I never thought when when Josh and I started this podcast, I never ever thought we'd get to talk to, you know, to you and and, and to a couple of others as well. Uh, I mean, it's this whole podcast has been from a Ninja Turtle fanboy. It's been a dream come true because I've gotten to meet some people and you're always afraid to meet your heroes because you're always afraid. Oh no. What if, what if they're a jerk? You know, <laughs> you know that, that'll ruin. Like I, I could not go back to any of the comics that you did if you were a jerk. Uh, but, but it's so nice. And, and um, kind of like what I was saying earlier, trying to say earlier, you're, nice personality you're you're easy to talk to and you mentioned how you guys try to be there for the fans there's something special about the Ninja Turtle franchise because every person that I've talked to that's associated with the Ninja Turtles has been so friendly so laid back so um appreciative of of you know the the you know the fandom and everything um I just can't thank you enough Jim just for for coming on again uh for for what you've done for the Ninja Turtles for what you continue to do uh it's just it's just a blessing to do the show um you know it's just it's an honor and uh we just we thank you so much for being on again man 
Wow. Well, uh, you know, you're you're making me blush. Here, but, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. You know, I, I get emotional. Thank you guys, you know, <laughs> yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Well, we really appreciate all the all the all the comics and stories that you've been able to share with us, and we're definitely looking forward to uh, all the new stuff that you're doing. And uh, anytime you have any updates or uh, want to share anything with us, or just be badgered by us again, you are more than welcome. <laughs> we'll to, find you uh, to come back on the show. We'd love, love to have you on. Man. Sounds great. Well, thanks, Jim. Have a good day, man. Jim. Okay, guys. Enjoy your weekend. All right. You too. Stay warm. Okay. Wow, that was awesome. Yeah, I think that was the longest interview we've ever had with him. I think it was. We had so many more questions. Like, I feel like the good thing is, if he's willing, we can interview him like 10 more times. Oh, I'm telling you. He could be a recurring guest. He could be a co-host. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> doing well, doing well. You got a couple co- uh, cups of coffee in you? I, I had four cups this morning, so I'm, yeah, I, I could probably vibrate through the wall. Oh, you know, that's the- awesome. Yeah, we'll, we'll try to get you uh, on your way in a half hour. So, but, uh, uh, okay, well, we'll see how it goes. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. J- Jim might get bored and just cut us off after five minutes. <laughs> like, all right, I've had enough. <laughs> Hot on the trail, determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone with no friends and no phone. Now, this was beyond her worst dreams because she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided, unloved, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth, then they'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shouted Cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower because they possessed turtle time. Trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your turtle power. 